Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Caught Offside with Andrew Gunling and J.J. Devaney. Oh, yes. Caught offside just outside of New York City and from an apartment in Brooklyn, New York. Andrew Gunling, JJ Devaney. What's up, brother? Um, I'm kind of transfixed, as many people are, and horrified by what's going on just off the coast of Newfoundland with this, this Titan uh, mini submarine that was supposed to go down oh, and my- see the... T- I mean, I'm, it's one of those things where I'm like... I'm appalled that I'm so interested in it and I'm watching the BBC, no less, the British Broadcasting Corporation, uh, with the estimating in the top right-hand corner of their feed, their live feed of coverage of this, estimating how much oxygen they'll have left. Oh my God, that story is horrifying. It is, it is horrifying. Uh, um, so I'm sorry to start the pod that way. but I, 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 I am too, quite frankly. I don't I even just, really understand what happened here. I just thought I'd speak my mind. Uh, that that story is so, it's like a true nightmare. Yeah. Uh, uh, yeah. There's no point. way you could get me into that thing. There's no, just no way. No, me neither. However, if you were somebody that had, like, there are people that have, like, a fascination with the Titanic. They study it. Uh, you know, they like, they're just fascinated by it. And if mm. you were one of those people and you had the means to actually go see it. I can only imagine the the once in a lifetime opportunity that people will feel like that is. It's almost like if you were obsessed with outer space and you had a chance to go be an astronaut for a day, like I, I like, it's not for me. I'd be a little terrified to do that. And it's just not necessarily a, a huge interest of mine, but like, it's easy for me to see how, if you are somebody who is like a Titanic, file that <laughs> like you, you would find that experience to be truly exhilarating. To yeah, see the boat I, actually in front of you. Yeah, um, I get, I, I, I do get that, but also, nope. That's that is just, oh, I don't know. That's that is just. I can't even think of how, what those people are are thinking as this is happening to them. Uh, just a horrendous. And I'm sorry to start the podcast now, but you know, sometimes you are a weirdo. I, I I'm going to change gears without even trying, without even making an attempt at a smooth transition. JJ, the Philadelphia Union are playing Orlando City tonight, and I think I just witnessed one of the greatest goals I've ever seen in my life. I I think it's one of the cleanest volleys I've I've seen in Manny's the year. It was like Pavard's, except from like 20 yards further. Yeah, and I think even more clean, speed. 
way more speed, less ball rotation too. He gets he gets and he gets slice on it. But and and like the other parts of it too, the Union were down two nil. They come, they get a goal. It's two one. It's the ninetieth minute. That's when the goal, this goal happens, and it's Jose Martinez, who famously had never scored in MLS until this. Well, and interestingly, um, in the commentary, our our friend Danny Higginbotham says he we know he he likes to hit them, but they're usually high, wide, and handsome. <laughs> <laughs> and he's this just was... caught this perfect it reminds me of it's one of those like you, you just retire now that's it do you remember Phil Jagielka obviously it's yeah not the, it's not the same kind of strike but Phil Jagielka in the derby mm-hmm. I remember that I got like I've never seen him shoot since uh, nor before that <laughs> never and he just absolutely catches it perfectly and it flies in. It's one of those, I guess. And you can tell sometimes the quality of a goal when you see the reaction of the other people on the field. Like there's yeah. guys who are like for the union who have their head in their hands. Like they've just like they, they don't know what they've just seen. Like it was like a religious experience for them to have witnessed it. Uh, I'm I'm back playing a, a Thursday night football with my team. By the way, the, our team name is Thursday Night Channel 5. That's pretty good. Which is nice. A, Love nice. the local league. Europa League reference from about a decade ago. Um, And were I to score a goal like that, you go back to the pub, you go back to the bar, and that's all you talk about. That's, I mean... Is that the equivalent? See, you and I, neither of us golf. I was going to say, like, if you you get the hole-in-one and you go back to, like, the bar in the clubhouse afterwards, is it, like, that same kind of feeling? Everyone wants a piece of you. You know, it's like everyone's buying you a drink. Uh, yeah, I guess I guess it is. Yeah, what a! And if you haven't seen it by now, what are you doing with your life? Um, <laughs> go on, check it out. What this will be a fun pod. This will be a real fun pod that we have coming up. Kind of a smorgasbord, JJ, of different topics. Uh, U.S. women, of course, the World Cup squad has been announced, and there's a lot to say about it. So I'm excited to get into that. Gold Cup starts uh, this weekend for the U.S. They got Jamaica 9:30 Eastern time. Uh, whether or not whether or not that's the actual kickoff time, I don't know. We know how the no. U.S. likes to f with us in that way. No. The the kickoff time is actually eleven fifteen. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's funny. I was thinking about that the other day when I turned on the game and kickoff was like thirty minutes after what I thought it was going to be, which happens every single time, and I continue to get fooled by it. And it makes me. It's one of those things, JJ. I wonder if you feel similarly, where I get an irrational anger out of it because, in the grand scheme of things, it's not that big a deal. I turn it on. I see the countdown clock is actually in 30 minutes. And if I were a normal, rational person, I could just say, oh, it starts in 30 minutes. And then I could go about my day and come back in 30 minutes. But instead, I feel like I get so mad at them because I feel like they're trying to trick me. (laughs) They think they're smarter than me. Like, oh, let's reel them in. Yep, here we go. Bring them in. Yep, got them. Like they're trying to pull one over on me by giving me a fake kickoff time. And it just something about that. It like it makes me really irrationally mad when in in truth it's probably not that big of a deal. I've had tickets to Red Bull Arena for games that the stated time on the ticket was not the time the game kicked off at. I don't get. I just don't like, get why they do okay. that. Why can't they be like every other sport in the world? I I don't get it. Anyway. I, I really don't. And that's the one thing. Uh, it's uh, it's obviously to trample on a cliche, but you could set your watch by 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 soccer kickoffs. I mean, in Ireland, if it's if it's if it's a seven thirty kickoff, it kicks off at seven thirty. That's yeah. it. Yeah, it's every sport on earth. I don't understand why they have to be different, but so be it. Uh, Euro qualifying. We'll go through a couple things that have stood out to us over the past few days from that. 
Um, and then uh, lots of transfer rumors and actual transfers flying about that we want to discuss. And JJ saw some things on the internet. So we'll bring that back before the end of the pod as well. But let's dive in because this is, this is a big one we got to get right to it, JJ. I, I want to start with the U.S. women. Um, about a month away from the start of the World Cup in Australia and New Zealand. Um, and they've announced the squad. And I, I have some takeaways from it. Uh, I'm sure you do as well. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to roll through. And you stop me or you interject when you have some of yours too that kind of coincide or overlap. First I off, feel, I feel like we'll have, we'll have some, uh, some parity here. Okay, yeah, probably will. Um, 14 first-timers on this World Cup roster, which is a big number. Um, but what's interesting is like it's 14 first-timers who are going to be asked to play vitally important roles. Uh, Caitlin Murray has a great article up at ESPN where she kind of just really dives in and breaks down the roster really well. She says most of the debutantes are expected to be the USWNT starters with the likes of Sophia Smith and Trinity Rodman or Lynn Williams figuring to lead the USWNT's attack with Morgan up top and the core of the U.S. women's national team's defense being two new center backs, Naomi Gurma and Alana Cook. Um, This is a thing like this 14 first timers, many of whom are going to play vital roles. I wonder what you think of it. It's a bit of a wild card, but honestly, it doesn't phase me. It, it doesn't really phase me with this team because we've seen this before. Like this is maybe these numbers are, are a little bit larger, but like I don't. I, I can just go back without even thinking about it in like my mental data bank of like Rose Lavelle in 2019, Julie Ertz, then yeah. Julie Johnston before that in 15. Like you can go back forever and find first U.S. Women's National Team first timers who played hugely important roles in World Cups. Um, so like I, I've seen a lot of these players play like Lynn Williams has been a star for years, you know, like it doesn't it doesn't phase me that it doesn't feel like this is her first World Cup to me. Like these are players that I trust. Right. So I'm I'm like, I don't know, there could be there could be a situation where someone would look at that and say, oh, I don't know. But for me, it doesn't that's not it's not really a thing for me. I suppose if you dig a little bit deeper. I hear what you're saying, and I'm not sure it's a big thing for me either. But like, there are this, there have been decisions that have been made, like say Savannah Demello, like mm-hmm. she's going to come in now with no experience internationally, none whatsoever, um, into the squad, and it's based off a really really strong NWSL season. Okay, that's fine, selecting the foreign players, um, but you know, uh, Adriana French, she's not going at all, and she was in, involved in every single camp before that. Uh, now look, backup goalkeeper. Maybe it doesn't matter. Maybe maybe that doesn't matter. But I think this squad is more. It's it's not so much who's been included. It's who's not going to be there. That's the big question. And uh, Caitlin's piece is very very good because she zones in and like basically the first paragraph. What is the big issue? Like Alex Morgan is going to, as a veteran, obviously you have leadership role, but it's like doubled when you are the only type of out-and-out centre-forward that's on the roster. Everybody else is more of a wide player. She's going to be asked to do things and to contribute things without any kind of air support, (laughs) with no one like that can do the things. And say, for example, she gets injured, she has to play a lot of minutes, there's fatigue. That's going to be a huge, huge problem. Um, Look at the centre-backs, like you said. Those are two centre-backs that, um, because Becky Sauerbrown won't be there, they'll be debutants. They'll be playing together for the first time that the defense suddenly, suddenly looks kind of, how would you put it? Vulnerable because of the inexperience. And then in front of it. Now 
Juilliards did very well when she came back against the Republic of Ireland across those two games, those two friendlies. Um, she is a midfielder that the US don't really have and therefore uh, Vlaco, as Caitlin points out, had to kind of break his own rule about playing a player who was, at the time she was brought back into the squad, unattached and hadn't played in like 600 yeah. days. But you're asking her now, would, would that, that dearth of recent playing time to come in and be the Julie Ertz of old in front of that back four and kind of protect it. Like it's on paper. That's you're right. These are players you trust there. It's a very good squad. I haven't even mentioned Mallory Swanson's not going well. Well, uh, yeah, we'll talk about the injuries specifically. Cause that's right, a big okay. deal. But, but while, saying, while you're talking about Ertz though, look, like... look at the three units, the midfield, the attack and the, and the defense. You, you either have questions about those that are starting or you have questions about who, those who will come in and fill in should there be injuries or, like I said, suspensions or fatigue across the tournament. It's kind of scary. Yeah. Um, now, I do think that they're deep. I mean, you're right. You listed a couple players there like DeMello um, where inexperience is light. And I don't know, you know, like at the last World Cup, Jessica McDonald didn't really play very much. Like there's going to be players who are on this roster that don't really see much of the field. So, you know, we'll see. It might be some of those players who are who are really lacking in experience. Um but like the Ertz thing is interesting to me. Like you said, she kind of like it felt like she had kind of left the game, you know, a six hundred and ten day absence. But I think yeah, that's the thing huge. I wonder about one word that you used that I think is is important here is trust. I think that there's just a level of trust with her that you know, that Vladko Andonovsky has that he believes even in that sort of absence. Like she'll be of the right fitness and she'll be able to do things that other players just have not proven capable of doing. Like, I think that's the key is they've had a chance to try to figure out, okay, if she's not a part of our plans anymore, who is? And I think they've tried different things. And I think what they've learned is in her absence, just is just how important she is. Um, And there aren't other players that can do what she does. So, you know, in terms of her box-to-box abilities, her ability to break the lines with her passing or just carrying the ball forward, like she's really someone that does everything um, in both defense and attack. And I don't think they've been able to find an exact replica of that. And so I think they're willing to live with whatever risks there are that come with the fact that she hasn't played in so long. And I think that they, all they needed to see, I think, was those games against Ireland. Is her fitness good? Does she look like the Julie Ertz that we remember? Yes, yes. Okay, you're back on the team. Like, I think that she just needed to pass that test because they have such a high level of trust in her. Um, so, you know, that one that one is interesting. And there there will be a microscope on that. Um, I think it's the right move. I got no issue with it. But you know, there will be people who will look at that and say, I don't know if they're making the right move, bringing somebody that's played so little over the past couple of years. Um, the other one I wanted to mention quickly before we get to the injury side of it, I love that they're bringing Alyssa Thompson, that she made this team. 18 years old, but already Mm. so good. And look, I don't know. It's hard to say right now how much of an impact she'll make in this tournament, but I just like the fact that she's, that she'll be there, (laughs) that like, she's going to get a world cup education from some of the greatest players that have ever done it for the U S and she'll be a part of it. Um, Because I think you can already tell at her age, she's going to be a huge, a huge part of the U S program moving forward. So I just like that. She's there. I just think I, I thought that was a good move and I'm glad that it happened. And her club form at such a young age has been so good that like she gave them reason to think that she deserved it. Um, so I, I like that. I'm, I was happy about that. Uh, now the other side of this, which would you kind of hinted at, and that's the injury side. Um, 
you know, I said before the the 14 players who are first timers, that's not really a thing to me. Some of these injuries are a thing. Yes. Some of these really are. Um, Mallory Swanson, like we talked about when she got hurt, how unfortunate it was, A, because that just sucks in a World Cup year to suffer an injury that's going to cause you to miss a World Cup. But it sucks, too, because, my God, her form was just out of this world. She was the only player scoring for them. Uh, Caitlin, again, in that piece points out Swanson's accounted for 20% of the U.S.'s goals over the past two years. And so you could say, all right, well, that that's awful. And that's a huge, a huge void. Um, but I think it's it's compounded by the fact that their other best attacker, Katarina Macario, is also out. Yeah. Like they might have been okay if if just one was missing, but to lose arguably your two best um for a World Cup, it's a brutal blow up front. It is. There's no there's no way around that. And there's other players that are gonna have to up their game to match the production that the US are gonna be losing out on from those two players not being there. Yeah, and you're leaning, but you're leaning on veterans again. I mean, it's 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 very hard to see. Um, I don't know. Like Alex Morgan is in in good form. She's in good form for a club. Um, but again, like there's so much to be asked of her, and and those wider attackers are going to have to chip in with goals and help out because it, you know, Morgan can link the play up. She can do those things, but there's going to have to be production, and and. Caitlin mentions it in her piece about how Macario was so good that uh, Andonovsky was talking about like building a team around her. Oh, forget about that. Like it's, I think they're huge blows. We don't, we don't really know until the tournament kicks off how they've been able to absorb them. But as we, as we sit here right now, it's, it's, it diminishes them hugely. Like those are two, like Swanson, like you stated in particular, um, they're, they're, it's less of a squad without them involved. And again, leaning on veterans, leaning on, on players who've been to like four World Cups to try and and, uh, and bridge that gap for the players that are missing is tough. And I, and I would say, you know, an experienced veteran defender, um, albeit someone who's 30, would have been 38 at the tournament, like to lose that level of experience at the back, that is really scary to me. <laughs> really scary. Yeah. Yeah, I agree, especially that close to the tournament where it kind of feels like like that much more of a blow because, you, you know, I think they were going to give her every chance to try to get right in time for this. And it just the clock ran out, unfortunately. Uh, it's it's a shame because uh, she is the leader. And at that age, this was probably going to be her last World Cup, I would imagine. Um, and that's that's a tough one. And so now you're right. You have an you have a, a center back duo with not a lot of experience there that have not played a ton together. Um so it's yeah, there's there's a little reason for concern. Now, look, with some of these things, you know, like Katarina, Katarina Macario, Mallory Swanson are out. They were a lot of the U.S.'s attacking threat. The fact that that the U.S. women can say, oh, well, I guess we'll have to rely on Alex Morgan now. Damn. You know, like most other countries can't do that. That's true. Um, which still which does speak to just how great and how deep this team is, it's, it's kind of ridiculous. Uh, but that, that's not to say that those absences are not important. They, like we've said, they very much are. Um, I suppose but I you just, you just don't want to, great. you just don't want all your eggs in one basket. And if she did get injured, then the way the team would play would have to be different. And switching streams mid tournament isn't something that Vlaco will want to do either. So no, I, of course know, not. I, I, again, it's almost like an embarrassment of riches. 
for the US generally speaking and most most teams can't absorb these these deficiencies these losses these injuries but we'll I mean this is the US they hold themselves to a different standard so we'll have to see I mean we won't know we probably won't know till maybe they get out of the group yeah yeah potentially I mean it's funny just because like I was thinking about the different world cups for the US women and it feels like each of them have sort of a different identity um you know sometimes it's just like pure dominance Sometimes it's like a coming of age for sort of a new group that you can kind of feel emerging right before your eyes. I feel like this will like the identity of this one to me will kind of it'll sort of be an identity of depth. Like, I think that will be if the U.S. go on a run and have another hugely successful World Cup experience. Like, I think they will. To me, that will probably be the takeaway is just, wow, how many great players did they have to have to be able to pull this off? Um you know, because like, again, like you look at it, maybe you're without your two best attackers, one of your best midfielders. We haven't mentioned even Sam Mewis is hurt and not able to go. Your leader and your best center back in Sauerbrunn. Like these are all massively important absences. And so if they're able to go on and, and still look like they've looked in the last two World Cups, which they've won, you know, I, I think especially while the world around them has gotten better, um, I think it will really speak to just how many great players there are with this team. Um, so I think that's that's what we're leaning on. Um, and I think that they have it. Like, I still look at them and I'm like, well, there's like, it's a shame that those other players aren't there because I want to have as many great players as possible. But even without them, I still think that that's the expectation doesn't change for them. This is still I mean, Vladko said it himself in his interview. He said, we have to win this. That's that's where they're at. When you're two time defending champs, you won four of these. Yeah, I, I think that's. That is the rightful expectation, regardless of who's missing. I mean, the group, if you look at the group, USA, Vietnam, Netherlands, Portugal, I mean, how much are they going to learn about themselves in the group? Probably the, the game against the Netherlands is going to be the toughest one of that. But, but again, like just because of their strength, the way the tournament is set up, we, we, there'll be a lot of questions that will remain unanswered until we get to the knockout stages. You know, one thing we didn't really talk about, which I'm surprised because this is usually a, a staple of this show, the jersey. I'm a, I love it. I don't know what I haven't really seen what the opinion is. Um, I can't really explain why I love it. It just works for me. The the white with like the paint, the blue paint splattered look. Uh, I like. I don't. It. I don't hate it. I'm. Um. I don't mind it. It's. Oh, uh, right. It's okay. Uh, it is. It's a little. I mean, if I had one criticism, I suppose it's a little bit training top esque. You no, know, no training top looks like that. Yes. What are you talking? The 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 paint splattered look. Yeah, pre-match game um game tops are all like they're they're basically um Jackson Pollock experiments. Um every single one these days. Like if you if you look back over the last few years, the stuff that uh, Adidas have done, the stuff that Nike have done, they're all just like weird and very and some of them very very cool. Um and usually the jerseys are more sober. Uh, but this one is uh, going in a different direction. I don't mind it. Yeah, I, I'm a fan. I think they're nice. Um, so there you go. Uh, still have a month or so until this tournament begins. So yeah, that's, we'll continue that's weird to... too. I, I keep thinking, oh, it's around the corner. Wait, and it's the end of July. No, no, no. What's around the corner is the Gold Cup. Um, that begins for the U.S., like we said, this coming Saturday, 930 uh, against Jamaica. Um, we'll obviously cover this in great detail as the tournament progresses. I don't have a ton to say about it now. We were so wrapped up in the Nations League. 
um, that we didn't really have too much of a chance to talk all that much about um, this tournament. They're kind of stacked on top of one another. Um, do you have do you have any big takeaways, JJ, from this squad? Obviously, it's a much different squad. I think it's only five players that they're bringing that were a part of the Nations League, and two of them are goalkeepers. Um, so it's... yeah, I mean, I have I, I, there's there's a couple of things uh, from this squad that I'm kind of curious about. Uh, the first thing is just before I get to players, I'm just curious about the manager. Like uh, BJ Callahan has already his stock has risen immeasurably over the past over the past ten days. Um, he's also kind of become this totem for the anti bearhalter faction, the large and loud and vociferous anti bearhalter faction that is online, who are basically saying we played better football than we ever have under Bearhalter that night against Mexico. And this is just, uh, you know, a guy who's just been parachuted in. So um, Callahan being used as a stick to beat the Bearhalter. I think, JJ, um, I saw Wacky had a tweet. I'm kind of paraphrasing because I don't remember it exactly. Wacky, there's a throwback. I feel yeah, like I know. I miss a pandemic him. friend who lost his way a bit. I miss him. Um, but he had a tweet afterwards after they won that said something to the effect of Callahan should retire right now and go down as the only beloved manager in U.S. men's national team history. Right. <laughs> They're all hated. All of them. Yeah. Um, <laughs> like we thought Bruce Arena would be loved, but then he came back and ruined it all. Yeah, it's it's so true. Um, yeah. Yeah. I'll never forget the. None Bruce of them are liked. No, the Bruce interview we did. I'll never forget the. the oh, we're we're still recovering from it. No, because we didn't behead him, and and carry his severed, bleeding head down the canyon of heroes. Um, we we didn't do a proper interview because there wasn't that uh, element of gore involved. Um, but the players, just quickly, yeah. um, you know, obviously a much changed squad. Uh, on a personal level, uh, because I know his father, <laughs> I've met his father several times. Uh, John Tolkien, I'm I'm. He he's a guy who I, we've been watching at Red Bull Arena for a while now. A young player and a young player in a kind of a bad team the last couple of years, and so he's he's a lot of talent. Um, he was blooded fairly young as well as a player, so I, I'm I'm just fascinated. I feel like he's he's earned the right to be in the squad, and I hope he gets an extended run and we get to see him because it could be the next thing that kicks off his career. Maybe maybe sparks a move to Europe. Because I do think maybe maybe it's time for him to take the next step. Um, and I'm curious if he is of that level. Maybe we'll find out a little bit in the Gold Cup. And the chance for him to represent his country is very, very cool. Uh, uh, Brandon Vasquez um, was the soup du jour not so long ago. Uh, a chance for him to kind of re, uh, re-up those credentials and show people that he still is a, a striker of some note and somebody that come come into the pack that's behind that's assembling behind Balogun. Um, that's the thing is like my hasn't your perception and like going into this tournament in a parallel universe i would be we'd be sitting here right now saying this is a real chance for brandon vasquez no one has grabbed the position (laughs) it's up there it's it's there for the taking this is his opportunity he's going to get chance but now it's like do what you want look you know what i said on the last one we're good now yeah, <laughs> We're good and, and there is that feeling, and, and and the same goes for. I mean, at one point we thought uh, uh, Jesus Ferreira might be the answer to some question we yeah. were asking, and he's another guy that's in the squad with a chance to shine. And um, one more, um, because I feel like he had such a good time at Montreal, and Benny got the transfer that he needed. He's twenty four, so he had mm-hmm. to go. Yep, here we go. 
And he ended up at AZ Alkmaar. And so far, it's not been... It's like he's got one goal, one assist in 15 matches or something like that. It's been... I a think bit, he only made 10 appearances, yeah, five starts. Yeah, so it's been a bit... Meh, and he could do with a little... Georgi Mihalovic, by the way. I don't think he said his name. No, I didn't. I was building to it. Oh, oh. you just stepped all over that. Fine. Well, was, the bu- how tall is this building? This building is enormous. Are we ever going to get there? Oh, my God. You can see for miles, for miles off it. Um, so, yeah, Jordi Mihailovic, I, I I would like to see him kind of... I'd just like to see him play, really, to be honest with you, because I haven't done that for a while. Yeah. And that's my thoughts on the Gold Cup, Andrew. A couple others for me. I'm just... One thing that I'm curious about, the U.S. in the in these two Nations League matches, I mean, you could count on one hand, JJ, the, the amount of chances that they kind of conceded the other way. Um, I don't know who exactly is going to be in goal for the U.S. Matt Turner is on this roster. Um, Gaga Slonina, I'm curious about. Sean Johnson is there as well. More so Turner and Slonina, I'm curious to see how they perform. Because I do think, you know, defensively, it, it's... You know, I think there may be there may be moments now where a goalkeeper actually has to do something for the U.S. So I'm curious yeah. to see like may, we may get like a, a better look at how our goalkeepers are right now. You know, I think the world of Matt Turner. So um, I think he'll he'll be great. Um, but I will be curious to see them actually called into some level of action uh, throughout this one. Um, you know, and Miles Robinson is another one. I think this is a. I'm glad that he was included on this team. Uh, he was only able to play one of the two Nations League matches, uh, so this will be a sort of a test of his fitness. Like, are you are you fully back? So you know, this will be a chance for him to kind of like reintegrate into the U.S. Uh, and sort of of the same vein of Georgi Mihalovic. Like, you have the, those players, JJ, who they look they they were over here in MLS. They looked great. The world was in front of them. They're going to go to Europe to kind of one of the middle leagues and then see if they're ready to to use that, like what Brendan Aronson did at Salzburg as like a jumping off point to something bigger. Mihalovic, it didn't quite go his way. This is an opportunity to start kind of playing his way back into form. There's a couple of those guys on this roster. I think Gianluca Buzio is one of them. James Sands. I mean, James Sands went over to Rangers and it was not, it wasn't great. And he's somebody who I so badly want to see succeed because if he does, having a player of real quality who can be so versatile like yep. Sands potentially could be in midfield and defense. You know, that's that's such an asset to have. So I'm curious to see how he does uh, in this tournament. So, look, I'm excited. I'm excited. Obviously, I would love to see uh, the U.S.'s true A squad in a tournament. I mean, we just had it at the World Cup. It would have been cool to see it again here at the Gold Cup. Didn't get it. Got it at the Nations League. We'll have to wait till next summer's Copa America. But, I mean, for the love of God, you, you know this podcast by now. We're all in. We're watching all of these games. Uh, so... Whoever it is out there will be supporting full-throatedly over the course of the next uh, month. Should be fun. Um, yeah. It, so, yep, we'll have reaction to these games. Not sure if, not sure about when that next pod will be, JJ. I know that Saturday at 9.30 is... Uh. <laughs> well, not going to make any promises. That's all I'll say right now. But don't worry, everyone. You'll hear from us. The coverage will be extensive. All right. Don't you don't you all worry about it. Uh, I'll tell you what, let's go ahead. We'll take a break. When we come back, some big time transfers to discuss uh, of things going on over in Europe. Huge, huge news. Uh, so we'll get to that. JJ saw some things on the internet. Still a lot to do here on Caught Offside. Don't go anywhere. Hold up. 
What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Oh, back. Back again here on Caught Offside, as I've spent the past few days, JJ, trembling in fear that my son's piano teacher would have heard the last podcast. Don't believe she has, and that's a good thing. I think uh, I think the the majority of our listeners were with you. Very, uh, as as a certain president would say, very strongly. They were very strongly with you. Um, they they believed that uh, I think what you said was fair, and I honestly did too. Uh, the timing of that was. Not good. Not good at all. Um, and I don't think anything you said was beyond the pale. Okay. Well, I'm glad I have your support. You know how much that means to me. Well, now that I'm a, a parent, you know, yeah, I get to say these things. Yep. Yeah, here I we are. Can't get, I still can't get my head around that. Just a couple of dads talking. That's Just all. dads. Well, hey, you're welcome to dad talk. On this episode of dad talk, we'll talk about the best way to crease-suit that fence. Um, let's see, before we get to the transfers that we talked about, just a couple quick notes on Euro qualifying, which is going on right now. Yeah. Uh, I, I only had three things that I wanted to mention and I will do so now. Um, the first one, JJ, uh, Cristiano Ronaldo still getting it done. Got that 200th cap for Portugal at yeah. Iceland and then comes up 89th minute. Bang. Ronaldo winner, uh, after a lengthy VAR review, but I think they, they got it right. Uh, so, you know, when you watch him play, like everything you say about him is right. There's not a whole lot of running going on there until he needs to. Like, I, I think he's just that's how he's going to be now. And if you can live with that, if you have players around him, that can no. kind of make yeah, up. I, lo- I love the way you're talking. Who are you, Ole Gunnar Solskjaer in 2019? It's true. I'm not, you, am I saying something that's not true? You're talking yourself into Ronaldo. It's just hilarious. Scored. What do you mean? He scores against Iceland, and Andrew's like, hey, you know, this guy, he's still got something to contribute. Oh, my well, he God. Does, I think he does. I think he does have something to contribute. Oh, Christ. Uh, absolutely. What, what am absolute... I saying that is and not true here? I said it? he doesn't really do running until he needs to. And then, if you, like I said, like Rafael Lau is the guy who's doing all the running for them. It feels like they're playing through him and Bruno Fernandes. Like, they have so many other great players that I guess they're willing to allow Ronaldo to, to just kind of be that poacher. They can't get rid of him. They just can't get rid of him. It's a disaster. Well, they could have. They could have. They, they had the listen. out. They sat him at a World Cup. That was <sighs> it. They didn't need to bring him back. But Roberto Martinez needs him, I guess. I don't it, know. It's go- it, it, it won't happen now. It probably won't happen in qualifying. But there's a big game coming where he's going to absolutely kill them. Kill Look, them. I'm not talking anybody into anything. I'm telling you <laughs> what happened. All right? Did you, I watched the game. Uh-huh. And by the way, I should say, in watching it, this is, I have some advice to 
the people at FS1 or really any network that shows a game on replay. So I hadn't seen it yet, and I didn't know what happened yet. I watched it last night, the replay of it that was on FS1 at like 11 o'clock at night. And they got the scores of different games, baseball games and stuff going on, scrolling at the bottom. No. And then in the 81st minute, there pops up the score to the Portugal-Iceland game that I've spent the last 80 minutes watching without having seen that. And then I know, oh, in nine minutes, Ronaldo's going to score an effing goal and win the game. Uh, Don't show that. If you're showing the replay of the game, don't don't have that game in your bottom line. You want you want to hear something even sadder? What? It's so hard to watch these games now. What do you like, mean? It, it, when it was on ESPN Plus, you had one place to go for all your UEFA qualifiers and your Nations League games. Now they're scattered to the four winds. You've got some on FS1, and then you've got some other games on yeah. Fubo. Oh, oh, I was going to say, I thought they were all here on FS1 or FS2 or whatever. No, 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 no. Oh, some yeah, of Ireland is on Fubo. Yeah. Some of them aren't. So, so like both the Republic of Ireland's games, the defeat to Greece and the home game to Gibraltar, which because of the defeat to Greece became this massive game, Gibraltar at home. Oh, my God. But anyway, I wanted to watch it. So the last two Ireland games, I, I just can't go back to Fubo. I can't do it. Like, I won't pay it. It's bloody expensive. Yeah. And I only use it fleetingly. I just couldn't bring myself to to do this subscription. Um, the other website that used to show all the games currently taken down by the uh, forces of the United States government. When you log on their page now, there's a big, big sign comes up that this website has been shut down by the United States government for piracy. Uh, and uh, so I had to listen on radio. That's all right. You're old That's school. That's not all right. You're a purist. This is how purists should consume the game. No. You're either at the ground or you listen on radio. Yeah. The wireless. Um, A couple other things that stood out to me, JJ. Some of the upsets. Uh, Armenia going into Wales, winning 4-2, courtesy of Lucas Zellerian. Who, I mean, who'd even noticed that he was, in fact, Armenian? I mean, here's... I think he's he's born in Argentina, but... Um, no, through his father, he's Armenian. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but he only declared for them, I think, in 2021. Uh, so um, he obviously realized that even playing with the mighty Columbus Crew, he wasn't going to get a run for the Argentinian national team. And I think uh, I think he activated uh, his Armenian uh, citizenship and um, like Welsh like Wayne, a, like an Armenian superhero. Activate <laughs> Armenian citizenship. <laughs> Um, uh, Welsh Wayne was on to me about this one and he said because obviously he lives in the States he knows who Zellerian is and what he can do and he was just like warning all his mates this guy can play he's very very good he bags two goals and has yeah. a brilliant performance and they get thumped um, one other thing from me I said it before but I'll say it again the Scots the Jocks oh. top of group A four that- games played four wins that win in Oslo followed up by a 2-0 win over Georgia Absolutely monstering, beasting Group A. Um, look, I like them. I've always liked them. They're kind of Celtic cousins of ours. I hold no ill will against them, not like I do against the English. I, I think, are they sort of like my enemy's enemy is my friend kind of thing? Well, no, but I mean... We, you we, both share this mutual hatred, I guess, of England? Yeah, absolutely that. And also kind of, I suppose, our cultures are not, that dissimilar uh we come from the same a broad band of of gaelic and um uh culture and background but um but i am jealous of them 
I'm so jealous of them. Yeah. And I know they've got a couple of quality players, but they've also got like players like Lyndon Dykes up front, you know, Kenny McLean. And Ireland have not better players. Like Ireland don't have a John McGinn right now. Mm-hmm. Which I'm probably don't have a Scott McTominay, but you know, we have an Evan Ferguson. We have a, a Josh Cullen. Like, I, I just think we should be better and we're not. And then you see Scotland pulling out these results and you just get jealous, I guess. Anyway. Uh, yeah. Jealousy is uh, it's an ugly color on you, I got to say. I, I I can be quite jealous. Yeah. Yeah. Quite a jealous man. Uh, Moldova also beating Poland 3-2. That stood out to me. That's Big one. Quite a Big one. terrible result for, for the Poles. Uh, and then one other thing I wanted to mention with Euro qualifying, and it's a team that isn't qualifying but i saw one of the animals i think it was mentioned this on the reddit page when we talked about mexico they said while you're on uh, the subject of once proud soccer nations that seem to be in a horrible moment can you please talk about what's going on with germany so they're not qualifying because they're the hosts of euro 2024 germany are um they lost two nil at home in gelsenkirchen to Colombia the other yeah. day and were booed off the field they're in the midst of a four-match winless streak. This is on top of them failing, of course, to get out of the group at the World Cup. I mean, we say all the time, JJ, you know, what's, what is it? You pass the ball around, you play soccer for 90 minutes, and then the Germans win or whatever the cliche is. Gary Lineker now, said that. Not anymore. No. What's going on here? Um, we need Das Reboot 2.0. Um, well, it ain't working with Hansi. And we thought he was the solution to all the problems. Um, there's just something insipid about them. They're just bad. Yeah. And 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 again, it's one of those. Maybe it's because we're lazy, and we don't we don't think about the club sides and how it doesn't always transfer that you have the best players playing at the best clubs, and then you slot them in and everything's fine. But they're they're miserable. By the way, it's two tournaments. Um, right. Sorry, yeah. sorry two World Cups that they haven't got out of the group in mm-hmm. in, in a row. Yeah. So, uh, and it's not just that they lost to Colombia, but it was like uh, one shot on, like they had all this possession, but they could do so little with it. Um, yeah. And I mean, they had, like, it was the German team, like, <laughs> you know, Gundawan, Sane, uh, Kimmich, Rudiger, like Kai Havertz, who we'll talk about in a moment, uh, in a moment, Musiala. Like, this is, this is them. Um, yeah. Musiala, Goretzka, Gundogan, Sane. Havertz up front on his own as the central striker. That, I mean, that might be part of it. But you're right; they are. They they don't create with any like real, like real skill, or they're they're not a team that cut, cuts teams open. I'm just trying to think back to the uh, to the World Cup. They were they were just hard to watch, really hard to watch. And and yeah, which is and, odd because there's I mean, so many. There's still so many great players there. Yeah, yeah, but there is, and but in amongst them, there's Nicholas Fulkrug. You know, like. Just should this guy be playing for Germany if this German team was in good good order? Probably not. There he is. It, al- it almost makes you wonder if it, if a Germany in the club is in the order in order here. Yeah, I, I really do think it is, and I know the man for the job. Oh, yeah. Let's do it. You're gonna keep that to yourself, or are you? Gonna I'm gonna share? keep it to myself. Cause, oh, okay. Because just in case I can't get him. <laughs> smart, smart. Um, let's see. Let's talk about some of the transfers, JJ. We just mentioned Kai Havertz a moment ago. He appears headed to Arsenal now. Um, boy, they they really wanted him, didn't they? Well, I mean, Arteta must have something in mind that three or four Chelsea managers couldn't figure out with this guy. Um, I don't get it. I've said that for a, a ch- couple of years now. 
maybe it's a change of position, but I like where does he where does he fit into that team? I'm That's a great with, question. I'm struggling with that one a little bit. So yeah, here's my thoughts on it. Is like, a I don't really get it from just like the the player himself. I I just don't for whatever reason for me I just don't rate him really. Um, but like on top of that, what an enormous fee! What is it? Sixty five million pounds. So essentially, what they're doing, like they're paying a huge amount for a player that I'm not sure how great he is. And like in the process, they're kind of funding Chelsea's ability to now pay Brighton for Moises Caicedo, like in, in handing that money over. Yeah. Uh, so like, look here, I guess if, if I were going to try to list the good things about it, I would say this uh, Arsenal to pay that amount. I have to believe that they do have a plan and that they're going to use him differently than Chelsea. Um, like with Gabriel Jesus at Arsenal, I don't think he's going to be used as a number nine, the way he had been for Chelsea. Um, also, you sometimes forget because he's kind of been around for a while, but like he is only 24. So the book is not closed on his development. He might just be one of these change of scenery guys where he just needs to be playing for a different manager and a different club and just like get out of what is what was kind of a toxic situation. I mean, look, he was he was hardly the only striker there who was unable to perform. Like, something was going on. They put on a lot of different guys to do that job, and, and none of them could. But, like, but, JJ, tell me what you think. Like, as I sit here and say stuff like, boy, that's an awful lot of money for a guy who I'm not exactly sure what his role will be. Will he be starting for them? Like, I feel like it's kind of cutting and pasting our Richarlison to Tottenham conversation into this conversation. Like I feel yeah, like we're I mean, saying so many of the same things. Yeah. And how did that turn out? I don't know. It's just the Havertz stock was so high, you know, when he came into English football, like when he came from Leverkusen. I know. He, he, and whether it's been a positional thing or it's just been, he's never just, he's just looked terrible. Um, well, yeah, I mean, but even even with that, like he did have, you know, he did. He's going to leave them with a couple big memories. He scored the winner in a Champions League final. Sure, that gets you. That gets you some it, good. It does, but like just transfer that hasn't really worked. I'm 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 really curious. I hope Arteta's got a, got a serious, serious, specifically defined role for this guy. Well, we'll see. Looks like it's looks like it's going to happen. Um, on the topic of Chelsea, uh, Christopher Nkunku. That appears done as well. Uh, we've known about that one for a while, but I think there were still some T's that needed to be crossed and I's and all that stuff. Uh, I mean, the Chelsea this. situation is crazy because now we're discovering how much uh, the PIF has invested into Clearwater, which is the... the Clear Lake. Clear Lake. Close. It is a type of water, I suppose. Yeah, clear, clear whatever. Well, I'll tell you what's not clear, Andrew, oh, was oh. I didn't realize the involvement in the Saudi government there. It mm. seemed to have muddied the waters. Oh, pushing glasses to brim of nose. Uh, a radio guy. Um, but uh, that's, uh, that's a crazy scenario now that you see Chelsea are going to uh, maybe move, including, I think, Koulibaly is rumored. They're going to go end up in the Saudi league. Which just... Oh, I mean, it's Koulibaly. It's already in Golo Kante. Uh, it seems like Ziyech but, is but close now to we follow know... Edward Mendy, like yeah, a goalkeeper but... in his prime. But isn't it, isn't it, I mean, how is this, like, it just goes to show you the way football is. Like, the Saudis, uh, Chelsea will, you know, because of their relationship with the PIF, will now be able to get these players off their books, off to Saudi Arabia, 
Um, and balance their books in the process. And balance their books in the process. So Gary which, Neville which basically... Benefits, so Saudi Arabia benefits twice in terms of getting star players into the league and benefits in terms of its relationship with uh, Clear Lake. Lake. So, so you know, the PIF are investors in Clear Lake Capital. Now, to, uh, that is... That is suspicious to me when you see all this happening. Like this yep. is one of those things where if something doesn't feel right to you, sometimes you got to trust your gut and say, okay, it does. I think something's up here. I'm going to trust. The, I'm going to trust my gut on this one and say that this is. Maybe we need to look at this. And Gary Neville, he went so far as to say, shut this down now. Yeah, he said these transfers from the Premier League into Saudi Arabia need to be paused until they can get a handle on this and investigate exactly what's going on here because. Okay. It, it's suspicious. It is. It is very suspicious. And, you know, multi, multi-club multi ownership and uh, being investors in several different clubs is not supposed to happen. It's not the, it's not the way it's supposed to be, but there's a clear problem with the PIF and, and Chelsea and Clearwater. But Michael Kelly had a great tweet. Newcastle running their off-season on a hard uh, financial fair play cap because all the Saudi money is going to, a fi- to 50 million a year salaries for Chelsea's bench. Pretty delightful, I got to say. Christ. Oh, it's the kind of thing that just leaves you cold, though. I don't Football. know. This is this is why I love the game. <laughs> this and this alone is. Uh, now, now that aside, I'll say this: uh, if Chelsea's transfer window, and like we've done a lot of ripping Chelsea, the way that they have approached their last couple transfer windows, the scattergun approach, the money spent on guys that they didn't know what they were doing with them. Um, if, they're, if this transfer window ends with Nkunku, Caicedo, and then a bunch of guys that they no longer had much use for leaving the club, got to say, suspicions aside for a moment, not bad. Not a bad bounce back window. Yeah. Uh, but again, pressure on Pochettino. He's going to have like... That too. Ars- and they hired a great manager. An arsenal of players to uh, to try and get, get a note out of, really. Um, I mean... It's great. It's, it's, it's I didn't. Th- I, why did I think Chelsea would become more normal after Abramovich? They haven't. They've just got weirder. <laughs> oh, but it's weirder fun, and it? possibly and corrupt in a more in a different way. Um, what a football club! Yeah, yeah, they really are. Now, a player who has chosen not to go to Saudi Arabia, uh, Hyungmin's son JJ. He was the subject of um, rumors about. Uh, being linked with Saudi clubs, that they were really going hard after him. And he put out a statement saying that his future is with Spurs. How about that? So there's one that uh, Saudi Arabia will not reel in. He's going to stay at Tottenham. It, it would have been... Wants to I, be mean, Tottenham. I mean, he's he's not... That would have been a huge... It, that would have been a huge get for Saudi Arabia. A player in his prime. Yeah, massive uh, get, especially one that that kind of straddles both the European and the Asian markets. Mm-hmm. A guy, a guy with that that level of fame, it would have been huge, and I'm so glad it didn't happen. Now, one that they did get that I was surprised by a little bit because Barcelona was banging down the door. Ruben Neves looks like going from Wolves uh, to Saudi Arabia. That's, I mean, look, I mean, this we'll... is this this is gonna have like they're gonna they're throwing money at everyone. They're not gonna get everyone, uh, but. Like they're going to reel in some some big fish now. A lot of these are you know Benzema, Conte, Ronaldo players that are kind of a, of an advanced age. That like it's a little more it, it's a shame to see them leave Europe and the Champions League and all that. But like you can stomach it a little. 
because we've had a lot of them. But like Ruben Neves is like entering the thick of his career, his real like real prime years ahead of him. It's a that's that's a big one, and that's I gotta say I don't I don't love that from Ruben Neves. I but like I mean, Ruben Neves is just an example of 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 things that are weird and strange about football and football corruption. Um, Ruben Neves signed for Wolves when they were where, Andrew? When they were in the, in championship. the championship. Yeah, right. And let's not forget that the Wolves story, Wolves uh, are owned by a Chinese company, which suddenly invested in Gestifute, which is uh, Jorge Mendes' agency. And then all of a sudden, all these Mendes guys end up at Wolves. And we're told you can't have an agent. It's a rule. You can't have an agent on your board or as an employee of the club, or someone who's involved in transfer policy. Yet all these Mendes signings turned up at Wolves. Like, so we, like, this is just a weird move in a series of dodgy moves. Um, and, and like, honestly, Wolves are an elephant in the room as well. We never talk about it. We just We just don't talk about them. But the, the fact of the way that club's been run for the last few years is another example of just, like, football being unable to govern itself or even enforce its own rules. Uh, finally, one more. This is a huge one. I wanted to end on this because this is this one is really significant. Uh, we knew that this was there was a high likelihood of this, and it has happened. Ilkay Gundogan leaving Manchester City to Barcelona on a free. Um, yeah. God, this is... Uh, maybe... Uh, tell me if I'm overstating it, but I saw that, even knowing that it was probably coming. Um, but when I saw it become official... Oh, what a what a win for Barcelona. Their midfield looks ridiculous right now. Um it's I mean it is. It's it's a great it's a great sign in. And a free. Uh, like for that for Barcelona who have no money. It it, it it's also just an example of like Pep kind of just gets a feel and he knows when things are done or when he wants to move on. And like the fact that they were just happy to let Gundogan go and go, I'm sure there was maybe I don't know that they were. I thought they, I mean, look, it seemed like they tried to keep him. Pep was talking so glowingly of him. But I I wonder if this came from above Pep of just, look, we don't, we have, like, City are smart. You know, they're not, yeah. like, we always say, like, they, yeah, they spend in, in massive ways. But, like, but they don't do so recklessly. Um, I don't and, know. And Pep, Pep there, loved him. And there may, be, there may be someone to come into the club and they have to make way. Well, it looks like uh, it could be Mateo Kovacic. Yeah, so they are, you know, maybe maybe they're the ones that land Declan Rice in the end. You don't know. Oh, uh, wow. Well, you don't know. And and so it's uh, it makes sense for them to to move Gundogan on. He's been a brilliant servant for them. And uh, he's going out of the top with City. 14 trophies in seven years with the club. He, he scored the goal that delivered a title in 2022. Um, he scored a double in this year's FA Cup versus United, a 2-1 win. He scored both the goals. Uh, six goals in his last seven games with City this season. Club captain, just a kind of an underrated legend. Um, I was reading about it, I think it was at the, the BBC, and they were they were talking about like the tier of player that he'll be remembered as, and they, they kind of put him in the David Silva, Vincent Company, Yaya Torre group. I think that's about right. Like when I think of this era of Manchester City and I kind of put their legendary players into different tiers. Uh, tell me if I'm wrong. I, I have Aguero and De Bruyne at like the top of the, the, this, these tiers, like that would be like my, they're in this group unto themselves. But then I think right below them is like a Yaya Torre 
Gundawan, David Silva, company. Maybe I'd throw Raheem Sterling in there as well. Like I that think... would be that would be tier two, and then tier three is like Fernandinho. Um, yeah. yeah, you you have um, you have Yaya Torre in the top tier, right? I had him in tier two. He's De, no, he's I'd, in I'd, De Bruyne Aguero. I'd have him in the top tier for okay. because because those early those early city teams uh, under the uh, under Pellegrini with. Um, yeah, he was brilliant. Absolutely brilliant. Okay. All right, that's that's fair. I'll give you I that. would have him up there. Um just because he wasn't involved in the Pep era as much. Um Yeah, well, he's right up there for me. Okay. Uh but yeah, big big loss for City. Um although I don't know. <laughs> Maybe it's not. City I have a feeling they might be able to matter. absorb it. Uh, no, no there is no such thing as a big loss. I should let me rephrase it. Big gain for Barcelona. I think that's a big win for them. And I think it's shaping up that we're going to have a fun title challenge next year between them and Real Madrid. Um, JJ, I don't have much else. You have some stuff you saw on the internet. Am I? Is that correct? Please hit the jingle. I'll check the web. Ladies and gentlemen, I'd like to present to you the internet. I went on the internet this week. Oh god! And I found this. What did you find? Yeah, Andrew. I just, uh, I just got three things. Uh, really, I wanted to wanted to talk about. Um, the first of them was. One of the great things that we all love, a player, high-profile player that used to play in MLS, talking about MLS. Let's listen to Gareth Bale um, as he's interviewed by uh, Jermaine Genus and Peter Crouch. And I'll just ask, obviously, with Messi going to, to the MLS, what was your experiences out there and what could he expect? Did he enjoy it? Yeah, no, it, it's good. It's a lot more um, chilled. Like, if you lose at Madrid, it's like the world's ended. you crucified, you, you feel down, you go home, you're not happy. As where they, they kind of accept losing a bit more and I think there's no consequence to you can't get relegated, you can't yeah. you just lose a game, you go to the next one. They kind of accept losing a lot better over there and they know how to lose, but they also every win they celebrate like you've won a championship. So um I you'll, you'll definitely enjoy it. The the travel's difficult. Now hmm. uh the comment, there's no consequence, you can't get relegated, they accept losing a lot better over there. I mean, yeah. Everything he's he says it so bluntly. Yes. So you want to be mad at him? Like I don't like the way you're portraying my league. But like, yeah, I mean, sure. Compared to Real Madrid, where like one loss and they're ready to fire a manager. Yes, all of that is true. I'm like in the when I first heard it, I was like, hey, easy, easy, Gareth. Um, but like, that's, that's all true. We say all the time, just like you can lose games here. There is no relegation and all you got to do to win a league is potentially just get in the postseason. So yeah, like, yes, a loss for, you know, inter Miami in June is treated differently than losses that he experienced at Real Madrid, where every loss is, is vital to a title race. I think it's just a blase way he said it. It's like it's like oh, it's just. Well, we're all sensitive here. We're very sensitive because we know how this league is viewed by you know your or not viewed since it went to Apple. Oh, another another JJ Zinger thing. Uh, So yeah, so on the surface, didn't love it from Gareth, but he he tells he tells no lies. Uh, number two uh, on the list of things I saw on the internet is one that's got 7.2 million views already and counting. The most unbelievable turn 
uh, just like physics defining turn by uh, Kavicha Kavaritskaya uh, doing his thing. Now we know he's a brilliant player, but he's doing his thing for Georgia over the international break. And it's, it's a drag back. And as he drags it back and brings it forward, he sells the dummy perfectly, sells the defender. But it's like it's the ball is stuck to him, Andrew. We're going to post it on uh, Twitter, at COSoccerPod, and we'll put it on our Instagram as well if you haven't seen it, if you're not one of the 7.2 million people that, that have seen it already. But, I mean, I, listen, as a, I could wax lyrical about it all day. What did you make of it? Oh, my God, it's ridiculous. What a what an absurdly good player he is! Oh, he's fantastic. He's absolutely fantastic. The ball is glued to his foot. I mean, it's I don't know. Maybe a lot of guys can do that, but they only do it in training. Not all of them do it in games. And it was he's just ridiculous. It looks so cool. I, I'd also say that the the sock to calf ratio is perfect. The sock is just low enough. All the top players. All the, the tricky wingers, the dribblers, they all wear the lowered socks, and it's it's a great thing. It's absolutely Gre- fantastic. Jack Grealish, who are some of the others? Didn't like didn't like Alexander Hleb? Wasn't that something he did? <laughs> I was a big Hleb guy. Hey, Hleb was a bloody good player for a while. The yeah, Belarus, the Belarusian, fantastic footballer. Uh, finally, um, Arsenal uh, recalling jerseys. Bit of a blunder by Adidas. Um, so there's a new shirt out. By the way, 110 pounds sterling. So oh. uh, it's called the authentic home shirt. Um, so 110 pounds sterling, like 120, $125 um, has been made temporarily unavailable. And Adidas has said supporters who had already purchased the 23, 24 jersey will be refunded for a design error. Um, the shirt honors Arsenal's invincible uh, invincible season 20 years on from when Arsene Wenger's side went unbeaten throughout the entire Premier League campaign. Within the design, the outcome of the 38 results is detailed with a row of W's and D's, 12 of them, by the way, uh, 12 D's, to highlight the wins and draws from across the season. However, the authentic shirt, that which is worn by the players on a match day, only carried 32 of those results and has since been removed from sale. Oh, my God. Listen, if you're going to honor something and you're going to go into that level of detail, how the heck are you losing six games? Like, where was the oversight on this? There's an irony in the shirt paying homage to a season of never losing, but the jersey is an immediate L itself. (laughs) Straight L. It's quite out of the gate. Loss. Yeah, if you're going to charge people that amount of money for for a jersey um, that the players will wear as well. That's that's a new thing that's come in recently. What? So there used to be literally no difference between the jersey you'd pick up on the rack and buy and spend 60 or 70 bucks, admittedly, uh, like the new Liverpool jersey versus the one that the players would wear. And now certain clubs, they'll there's a replica jersey and then the authentic jersey that's the exact same as the players and you'll charge more for the authentic one. It's like in hockey, you know the way you can get a, a hockey jersey that the players wouldn't wear and then there's a, a properly expensive one that the players would wear. And it's just another, I mean, it's another way of gouging fans, obviously. But, um, I mean, if you're going to gouge, at least get your get your details right. Bad job by Arsenal and Adidas there. And those were some things I saw on the internet, Andrew. Love that. Love the things that you saw on the internet. JJ, uh, that's about it. Of course, the Gold Cup starts this weekend. We'll be talking about it in our next pod whenever that may be. Soon enough.
it'll be out soon enough. So keep your eyes out open for it sometime after that game against Jamaica. Hey, JJ, that's all I got. Enjoy the rest of your week. Enjoy the Gold Cup this weekend. To you, I say... Check you later, fun boy. I'll see you. Take care. You've been listening to the Caught Offside Soccer Podcast. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.